I'm Derek Walker, the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. We're on a course of a series called Christian Foundations, and uh, we've been studying the foundational doctrines in Hebrews 6, which says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection or maturity, not laying again the foundation, these are the foundational doctrines, and there's seven of them, of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of doctrine, of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And uh, we're going to focus today on the fourth of those, which is the baptisms. And one baptism in particular, the baptism in the Spirit. The fact that these are called foundational doctrines means they need to be established in our faith and in our life before really we're able to take on further truth. Uh, you can't really build the roof of a house before you actually build the, the lower level. And so before we can receive and embrace uh, the higher truths, we need to receive and embrace and obey these foundational doctrines. Uh, otherwise, we're just not ready, we're not equipped to really embrace the higher truths. Mm. Now, in the previous verses in Hebrews, these uh, foundational doctrines are also described as the milk of the word. And of course, in growing up, we need to be able to drink the milk uh, first uh, before we can go on to the solid food and the meat. And so it's compared to that. The word of God is our food. And so uh, we need to be able to have the milk of the word and then go on to the meat. So we're really dealing with the milk of the word and the baptism in the spirit in particular. Hebrews 5.12 talks about these doctrines being the milk of the word. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. That's these foundational doctrines. And you've come to need milk and not solid food. So these doctrines are the milk. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. So we start by being spiritual babies, and it's only when we become skillful that through practicing the Word of God, through doing the milk, that we actually uh, grow up and come to the place where we can start taking on solid food. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who have developed and matured through receiving and doing the milk of the Word. That is, those who, by reason of use, they put the word into practice, by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And so what this is saying is, until you actually put the milk into practice, you won't be able to discern the, the solid food properly, and you won't be able to receive it properly. Uh, you'll misunderstand it, or you'll misapply it, and so forth. So it is vital that we become established in these foundational doctrines and that's, of course, what this series is all about. Today I want to focus on the doctrine of baptisms. And uh, notice it says baptisms, not baptism, the, in Hebrews 6. Uh, because there are actually three foundational baptisms for a Christian. And these three should take place right at the start of the Christian life. Just as we see in the book of Acts, whenever people get saved, we see that they receive these three baptisms. And so that's the example for us. And we must always remember that the word baptize means to immerse. It's a word transliterated from the Greek 
a word that means immersion. And sometimes we, we think baptism is just any kind of sprinkling or, or anything. No, it's immersion. And so the main baptism that we saw is our baptism into Christ, which happens at the moment of salvation. When we receive Christ, the Holy Spirit is the baptizer, the agent, and the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Christ, into union with Christ. And we become then a part of the body of Christ under the headship of Christ. And so for that to happen, you have to receive Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, your head. 1 Corinthians says, for by one spirit, he's the agent, by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, the body of Christ, whether Jews, Greeks, slaves or free, and we have all been made to drink into one spirit. And so this tells us that it's the baptizer is the Holy Spirit, and the medium into which we are baptized is Christ himself. We're baptized into Christ and into the body of Christ. As Galatians says, as many of you as are baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And so this says all of us, all born-again believers, are, have received this baptism because it happens at the moment of salvation. That's our new birth. We were put into Christ and then Christ, by his Spirit, came into us. It says that we were made to drink into one spirit. So this is also when we receive the indwelling spirit in our spirit. And the spirit comes in and recreates our spirit. Praise God. And so we received his spirit at salvation to dwell within us. And uh, it's the spirit himself who connects us directly to Christ our head. And he connects us to one another in the body of Christ, and that direct spirit connection. Ephesians 4.4 says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. So this baptism into Christ is the one baptism that all believers have. Now, I just said there were three baptisms. That's true, but not all believers automatically have all three baptisms. But the, there is one baptism that we all share in common, and that's the foundational one, our baptism into Christ. And so there are two other baptisms, but believers do not automatically receive those two baptisms. It depends on their faith and obedience. And uh, if they come under wrong teaching, in, 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 for example or church tradition, then they may well fail to receive the other two baptisms, sadly. The other two baptisms are actually, which are the baptism in water and the baptism in the Spirit, they are outward expressions and manifestations of the fundamental baptism into Christ. And so the second baptism we've already discussed in this series is the baptism in water, which is commanded on all believers. And this is for us to be immersed in water as a believer, and by doing so, we testify and publicly uh, and we demonstrate outwardly our baptism into Christ, what happened to us at salvation. And so in water baptism, we're, we're acting out, we're confessing, we're declaring what God has already done in our spirit when we were baptized into Christ. We're identified, you see, with Christ's death, burial and resurrection. 
And so as we go on into the water, that pictures the death of the old man, the burial, as we go in the water, we're under the water, we're buried with Christ, and then we come out of the water, we're risen with Christ. And that is what happened at salvation. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ was applied to our spirit, and we were born again, we become a new creation in Christ. And in baptism, we are declaring that, that we are risen to a new life with Christ. And so the agent or the baptizer is a man, somebody who represents the church. The medium into which we are baptized is water. And uh, then the third baptism, which we are focusing on now, is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And although we've already received the Spirit within us at salvation, there is a second experience called the baptism in the Spirit, which we're going to prove from the Scripture, which is an empowerment for ministry, an empowerment to witness. You see, when we become a Christian, when we become a disciple of Jesus, then we commit to follow him as our Lord. We also take on his mission on the earth, and his mission is the salvation of souls and, and to make disciples. And whatever gifts we have, we are to dedicate them to God and in order to fulfill that mission. And so we need divine empowerment to fulfill that mission. And that's what the baptism in the Spirit is all about. If we love Christ, we want to fulfill his mission, uh, which is the Great Commission in our life. And so really that's why we're here. I mean, we, God could take us to heaven as soon as we're born again. Uh, but we have a mission to fulfill in this life, which is the Great Commission of winning souls and, and making disciples. And so we are enrolled into sharing Christ's mission uh, to call men to himself. And uh, we need his power to do that. Uh, and it's in the baptism of the, in the Spirit um, that we receive that power. You know, in the baptism into Christ... We receive the blessing for our personal lives. We are connected to God on the inside. The Spirit is within us. So that's great. And that involved a general surrender to receive Christ as our Lord. But now the, the next step is to specifically surrender to Christ, our soul and body to God, to receive his supernatural power to carry out his will in the earth, his mission in the earth specifically power to be his witnesses. And so the purpose of the baptism of the Spirit is to power to be fruitful to fulfill the Great Commission. And, uh, you, you know, the, Ab the blessing of Abraham, we're going to see it. It's, it's a manifestation of that. God said to Abraham, I will bless you and make you a blessing. There's two aspects to that. First, the blessing of God on our own life, that's that we have the Holy Spirit in us and he is, uh, makes us holy and uh, we bear the fruit of the Spirit and we have our blessing of our life with God, in fellowship with God. But also God wants to make you a blessing. He wants you to be able to communicate the blessing you have to others, to communicate that life to others. And that's what the baptism of the Spirit is like. And so... It's, it's, it's like the, the old creation, Adam, when God made Adam. First of all, it says he made Adam and he breathed his spirit into Adam. And that is the blessing 
in, in Adam. And, uh, and, and so he was blessed at that point. But then it says he spoke into Adam and he said in Genesis 1.27, uh, God, uh, well, first of all, God created man in the image of God and he breathed his spirit, the breath of life into Adam. And so that was the, the blessing, the first part of the blessing of God. But then it says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. And so notice the blessing is in two parts. First of all, he is blessed within but then the blessing of God comes upon him, which empowers him to multiply himself and to be fruitful and to communicate life and blessing to others. And through the blessing that was on Adam, we came into existence. We received life through that, through that transference of blessing. And so in the same way in the new creation, God blesses us personally with his spirit within, but also he wants to empower us to be a blessing, to, to go forth and multiply. And that's what the Great Commission is all about. Basically, he says he commands us to go forth and multiply and fill the earth and preach the gospel to all creatures and make disciples of all nations. And, and then he says, I will give you the, my power of the Holy Spirit to do that. He says, don't try and do it without my power. And so the baptism of the Spirit is that empowerment, that blessing of God upon us to be a blessing. We're going to see that the first aspect of the blessing is the Spirit within us, connecting us to God and the life of God. The second aspect of the blessing is the Spirit upon us. That's His anointing upon us, His power upon us to fulfill His mission in life, to go forth and multiply through the gospel. And notice how the blessing is transferred. How did God release the blessing upon Adam? It was by him speaking words of life. He, he spoke the blessing, be fruitful and multiply. And likewise, we transmit the blessing. We release the blessing through our words. And so we need to receive power from on high in, through the baptism in the Spirit. That's the power. But then we release that power and we actually release the blessing of God for others by speaking the words of the gospel in particular and the word of God to make disciples. And so in the same way that we have a twofold blessing, a blessing for ourselves and then to be a blessing to others, that's what it's like in the baptism into Christ. We receive that blessing and the spirit of God within us. We are born again, but there's a second experience whereby we receive power from on high to be a blessing, to fulfill the Great Commission. Praise God. And so God wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, not just to have the Spirit of God within us, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we can't live the Christian life and be a witness for Christ in our own strength. And so the Holy Spirit it says in Acts 1.8, Jesus said, you will receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. We need the Spirit of God to come upon us as well as being within us. And so it's up to us to allow God to fill us with his Holy Spirit. And that's what I want to encourage you in this teaching. Open up your heart and invite God and ask him to fill you with his Holy Spirit, not just so you can have goosebumps 
to experience that power, but it's power for a purpose. It's power to fulfill the Great Commission. So you have to commit yourself to get onto God's mission, make it your priority to bring forth the Great Commission, to share the gospel and to teach others and to make disciples, you know, one-on-one, not necessarily from the pulpit. Uh, And as you commit to do that, then ask for God's power to make that real and powerful. And you'll discover that he will be very happy to empower you to do that. But often I think we just seek the power for its own sake rather than actually realizing the power is there for a purpose. We need to get our heart aligned with God's purpose. Then it will be easy to receive his power. So we're going to focus uh, today and next time on this uh, baptism in the spirit. Um, And it's an outward demonstration of what happened in our baptism into Christ. When we received the spirit within us, in the baptism of the spirit, we received the spirit upon us, clothing us with his power to witness and minister. And so there is a twofold receiving of the spirit in scripture. And we're going to see this again and again in the experience of believers in the book of Acts. First, we receive the Spirit within at salvation, and then later, hopefully not too long later, we, we receive the Spirit of God upon us to be a blessing. So the same Spirit that we received at salvation also wants to come upon us and clothe us with His power. Uh, and so there are two receptions, if you like, of the Holy Spirit, one within, one upon and we need to receive him in both his ministries. And so we're going to see, and I want to prove from the scripture uh, this time and next time, that there is indeed an experience following salvation of being baptized in the Spirit. We're going to look at this chronologically as God revealed this in the scripture. First of all, the Old Testament points to a twofold promise of God. And uh, this is something that they didn't experience in the Old Testament. Uh, it needed the new covenant to bring this into reality. It needed Christ to die and pay for this with his blood and then bring it into operation at his resurrection. Uh, and this is called the promise of the Holy Spirit. It's called the promise of the Father that he will give us the, the Holy Spirit in these two aspects. And so there was this twofold promise of God in the Old Testament. First of all, the Spirit within all believers. That wasn't true in the Old Testament. They were not born again and they didn't have the Spirit of God within them. Um, You know, God was with them, but they didn't have the Spirit within them. They were still spiritually dead. And that was prophesied of the New Testament that uh, God will actually connect us to God through his Spirit within us. And secondly, there was a promise of the Spirit being upon all believers to be a blessing to others. And so this, uh, in the Old Testament, some people, some prophets had the Spirit upon them, but they didn't have the Spirit within them. And even the Spirit upon wasn't necessarily permanent. Okay, it, it was for only certain special people. But the prophecies say that in the New Covenant, when the Messiah comes, then these, the Spirit will be within believers, praise God, they'll be born again, and also the Spirit will be, is available to be upon all believers, all believers. And, uh, and that is then permanent, because the Spirit upon is a manifestation of the Spirit within, and the Spirit within is permanent. 
And so the spirit upon is also permanent in the New Testament. So this is a, an awesome upgrade from what was available in the Old Testament. So the first one is predicted in Ezekiel 36, 26. It says, I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. That's the new birth. And I'll take out the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you. That's the spirit within. And cause you to walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. So the spirit within us is for our own personal walk with God, our connection to God, our holiness. But then in Joel 2, it also predicts the coming of the spirit upon, upon all believers. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and on my men servants and maidservants I will pour out my spirit in those days. As I said, in the Old Testament only prophets would have these kind of experiences of visions and, 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 and power, uh, and he says in the day is coming when God's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh, and all of God's people will operate in spiritual power. And all these gifts, the dreams, visions, they're all for the purpose, really, of, of fulfilling the Great Commission and the supernatural power of God, re uh, released in the baptism of the Spirit, releases healing power, it releases miracles, it releases the gifts of the Spirit, which have the purpose of fulfilling the Great Commission. And so the, the Spirit upon is for power. The spirit within is for holiness, but the spirit upon is for power. Praise God. Well, that was the promise. And then it begins to come into act in reality through starting with the ministry of John the Baptist as he comes to announce the Messiah as the one who will bring the promise to fulfillment. And this is the first mention of this phrase, the baptism in the spirit. And so through the lips of John the Baptist. And so this is these verses here are definitive as to what the baptism of the Spirit are. And actually, John the Baptist, notice, uses the analogy of water baptism, because he baptized in water. He immersed people in water, and that is the analogy for the baptism in the Spirit. And this implies, you see, that the nature of the baptism of the Spirit, just as people were baptized or immersed in water, so that that water now covered them, enveloped them, they were immersed in it. It was upon them. So in the same way, when we're baptized in the Spirit, we are immersed in the Spirit. The Spirit envelops us. It covers us. And, and so this is the idea of the Spirit upon us. And that's in these verses. So in Matthew 3.11, it says, I, John, indeed baptize you in water. Some translations say with water, but that's a mistake. Um, uh, the, the word there is simply in. We are baptized in the medium of water. It isn't saying that you'll be sprinkled with water, but you will be immersed in water. So he says, just as I baptize you in water, he who's coming after me, Jesus, is mightier than I. And it says he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Not with the Holy Spirit, it's in the Holy Spirit. In other words, he wants to immerse you in the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit clothes you, covers you. You are immersed in the Spirit. In other words, the Spirit of God is upon you, covering you. And uh, 
Mark 1.8, I indeed baptized you in water, but he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Luke 3.16, I indeed baptize you in water, but he, Jesus, will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. And then Jesus says in Acts 1.5, John truly baptized in water, but you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so it's very important to understand the baptism in the Holy Spirit What we learn from these verses is, first of all, Jesus is the baptizer. He's the agent. He's the one who does it. And what he does is he baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. He immerses us in the Holy Spirit. This is the Spirit upon us. And then we see Jesus was baptized in the Spirit. That's happened when also he was baptized in water. And Jesus, you see, is our example. He's our representative. He's our pioneer. And he is showing what he wants to do for us. It says, It came to pass as Jesus was baptized, and while he prayed, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven saying, You're my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Notice the Spirit was upon him, came upon him. And it's interesting that Jesus, you see, he already had the Spirit within him from his birth, from even from his conception. As it were, he was born of the Spirit. He had the Spirit within him. But only when he was 30, when he was baptized, uh, as he was preparing and dedicating himself to God for his ministry, that he received the Spirit of God upon him. And that was his power to fulfill his ministry, supernatural power to fulfill his ministry. John the Baptist bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I do not know him, did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And so notice what he's saying here is that the the Spirit came upon Jesus to empower him for ministry. Uh, and this is the same one who will baptize us with the Holy Spirit. So, first of all, Jesus received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then he says, this is the one who, who will actually now baptize everyone else with the Holy Spirit. So, this proves that Jesus was baptized in the Spirit, and that baptism in the Spirit is the Spirit coming upon us. And then in Luke 4, 18, he described it as the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel and heal the sick. And so, that's what the baptism of the Spirit, baptism in the Spirit is. It's the Spirit of God coming upon us. So, we'll continue to study this next time. There's a book that fits perfectly with this series on Christian foundations called Growing Up Spiritually. And this is so important that we know the foundational teachings whereby we can grow spiritually. And uh, let me recommend this book. It's, uh, it's, it's not very expensive. Growing Up Spiritually gives you many of the key teachings in this series and, and others too. Thank you for watching. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH.
you can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086.